The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, Mobile BI, and that's a packed idea. We're going to get started now. Mobile BI is quickly becoming mainstream. Yes, it is. Get with the flow. A majority of organizations consider it critical or very important, especially if they're smaller organizations, especially if they're in the retail segment, and especially if they're outside of North America and EMEA. In fact, according to the Howard Dresner Mobile Analytics Study of 2013, and P.S., we have Howard on the show with us today, mobile business intelligence is the third most common use case for all mobile business workers next to, you know what's coming, email and their contact information. So you know what's happening. Your company has to get right-time business information when you need it, where you need it, how you need it, why. You need to be able to act on it quickly so you can make the best, most impactful decisions. All goes to the bottom line. So are you there yet? Stick around. We're going to help you figure that out. My panel of experts is here with me today. And as I said, kicking this off is Howard Dresner. He's the Chief Research Officer at Dresner Advisory Services, LLC. And Howard sent me the following quote from none other than the esteemed Winston Churchill. He says, sometimes doing your best is not good enough. Sometimes you must do what is required. Welcome, Howard Dresner. You've been on the show before. How are you today? I'm well, Bonnie. Thanks. How are you? Great. Thanks for joining me. So this is an interesting Winston Churchill quote. Why don't you give me the meat and potatoes of what it's all about, and then let's relate it to our topic today, Mobile BI. Go ahead, Howard. Uh, You bet. It's actually a quote that I use when talking to my kids all the time. (laughs) When they say, well, I'll do my best. Well, sometimes your best simply isn't enough. You have to do what's actually required. And you can apply this to most everything in in life, both uh, personally and professionally. Um, When you have sea changes... And, and certainly mobile business intelligence is one of those sea changes, whether it's that, whether it's the Internet or email back in the day or PCs, these real significant changes, it's really hard because it actually requires a change in the culture of the organization. So very often we, you know, when we have these new requirements or new mandates in the business, and mobility and mobile business intelligence is certainly one of those, it's very typical for people to drag their feet because of just pure discomfort as human beings. We don't like change very much. So very often you'll hear people say, well, I'll, I'll do my best. And in the case of these significant changes in technology, your best isn't good enough. You have to do what is required because by not doing what's required, you expose yourself to competitive pressures to those organizations mm-hmm. that are willing to um, belly up to the bar, so to speak, 
and uh, drive forward and take advantage of these new round-shaking paradigms that uh, that are presenting themselves within the marketplace today. Thank you, Howard. I have a question for you. Relating to Mobile BI, our topic, and by the way, the full topic is Mobile BI, location, location, location. So is it coming to where you are, when you need it, where you, how you need it, as I said in the opening? Are these changes the way you see them in reference to the great Churchill quote, Howard? Are these changes on both sides of what I would call the coin, the people who are using the technology to make BI go mobile, as well as the users on the other end who have to get accustomed to it and understand how to use it when, where, and why. What's your thought on that? Well, it's a good point because adoption is, although it's been, the needle has clearly been moving, for certain kinds of roles, they've embraced it. So if you're a nomadic sort of worker today, if you're an executive, if you're a salesperson, or in certain key industries, you mentioned retail, that's one of them, where mm-hmm. people have been mobile for years, um, tackling or starting to utilize mobile business intelligence is very natural for them, and they're already doing it. It's everyone else and certain key functions. For instance, people that don't typically leave the office, um, and not to pick on any one function, but finance is one of those where they, they don't see the need for things like mobile business intelligence because they're typically at a desktop or at a laptop mm-hmm. in an office. But I would argue that all of us need it because you go to meetings in other buildings, in a conference room, and by having the information at your fingertips, it's tremendously empowering. There's never a reason to not know something anymore. So it is a little bit uncomfortable for certain roles in the organization, uh, but inevitably that's the path we have to go down where mobility just becomes part of what we do every day. And therefore, knowledge, you know, the, the old axiom, knowledge is power, kind of changes a little bit. So you can't hold on to the knowledge anymore because now with mobile business intelligence, in fact, everyone's going to have access to that information. So it is a little mm-hmm. bit threatening, and as a result, you do see people sometimes dragging their feet or promising to do their best, uh, but not doing yep. what's required. What's required. Thanks for tying that loop up for me. I think we just had another great quote from you. If we come back for part two on this one, you said it's never acceptable for anybody to not have what they need to know something like that it was great i wish i had time to tweet it thank you howard let's bring on the second panelist today she's also a return guest on sap coffee break radio it's mimi spear senior director of solution marketing at sap and mimi is quoting a chinese proverb today very interesting and i know she's used it in at least one of her blogs because i looked it up and it says in time of big wind Some people build walls, and some people build windmills. Those are the kind of people we're talking to today. Welcome, Mimi Spear. How are you today? I am doing well. Thanks so much, Bonnie, for having me on today. Delighted. Talk to me. Chinese proverb. Very interesting. I think we should probably write this in calligraphy somewhere or or paint it on the side of a building. It's a big one. So talk to me. How How does this relate to mobile BI? Sure. So, you know, in times of change and, you know, and the the wind of change, I would almost put that as the new data that's around us and the reliability that all of us have really in our personal lives to the data that we have access to. And the winds of change, you know, we have choices whether or not we are going to embrace that change or embrace those new types of technology and new types of data that we have access to, or we're going to build windmills, you know, and actually kind of use that and, and, and grow from, from all the information available to us, 
or build walls, which is kind of hide from it and, you know, not really embrace it. And I think Mobile BI is a great example. There are many companies out there that have built windmills. They're embracing new types of data. They're embracing mobility. And we're seeing huge results from those organizations. Productivity, we're seeing, you know, um, new revenue streams because they're leveraging new types of data and new ways of being, you know, really optimizing operations because of the combination of the power of mobility and data to be able to make information um, more reliable. So that is what I mean by this Chinese proverb, and I just think it's something that we can think about in lots of different aspects, but I like to um, think about technology and how we all can embrace it. Well, it's great to take an old proverb and relate it to something very new and fresh and even up and coming. I like the idea of the windmill concept, Mimi. I'm thinking of it as a picture word, thinking of mobile BI blowing the information people need around the world. Of course, it's technology. It's not just the wind, but I I think it's a very interesting analogy. Thank you. And let me welcome the third person on our panel. He's new to SAP Radio. His name is Khan Ternali. I'm going to spell his first name. Very interesting spelling, K-A-A-N. He is a Global Senior Director of BI, Business Intelligence at SAP. And he has brought us a wonderful quote from Leonardo da Vinci today. And the quote is, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Con Ternali, welcome to SAP Radio. How are you today? I'm doing well, Bonnie. Thank you for having me on the show today. Um, Pleasure. Talk to me. That's one of my uh, favorite quotes. Um, Our listeners may know, or uh, some may remember, that this was the headline for Apple's first marketing brochure in the late 70s. Uh, I actually have a copy in my home office. I, I love the ad and what it stood for. Uh, so for those of you uh, not, who might not be familiar, a shiny red apple against a plain white background, and on top you see the quote, plenty of white spaces, we call it in the interface design. Fast forward four decades, 2014, and we chase the same dream as, as far as I'm concerned. And I feel that this is also very true when we talk about mobile BI, the topic of our show today. Hence, I say simplicity is the ultimate sophistication for mobile BI. Okay, very interesting. Is there an elegance in this simplicity, Khan? Absolutely. I would take it a step further. Elegance, and it's very powerful because... Uh, if you think about um, uh, how iPhones uh, uh, came about and why they were so successful, uh, that same concept uh, for mobile BI applies today to all levels. I mean, we, we, when we think of mobile BI, we're not just thinking reports on a mobile device, although that's probably at the core of the concept. Uh, we're thinking of the mobile experience, mobile user experience, and Mobile BI basically combines both of those, the traditional business intelligence, right, the information that we need to get from our uh, corporate data assets, but at the same time, a mobile component, mobile experience that further simplifies, that further uh, uh, enables the user to get that information quickly and pretty much anywhere, any place, anytime. 
Thank you very much. Great information. Thank you to my panel for a great intro to the topic. Guess what? It's time for our big question of the day. Well, at least it is in my world. What's in your cup? I'm going to ask Howard Dresner first. Howard, inspire me, educate me, inform me, delight me. Are you drinking something interesting, or can you hark back to a time when you had something fantastic you were drinking? Tell me a story, Howard Dresner. Well, it turns out last year I decided to go caffeine-free after many years of uh, of drinking the hard stuff. Welcome to my world. <laughs> yep, so I, I'm actually drinking a cup of organic gorilla decaf. <laughs> Ooh, what does it taste like? What, what's the flavor? Well, it, it's got sort of a nutty flavor to it. I, I have to say it's a little milder than I have historically been accustomed to, but very drinkable, and it certainly satisfies the emotional need for the caffeine. Emotional leap. I love that. I love that. Howard, you know, and Mimi knows, they don't let Bonnie have caffeine on radio show days. I wonder why. It's a mandate from SAP. Mimi Spear, I hear you're someplace amazingly interesting right now if you want to share that on the air. I haven't said a peep to anyone, Mimi, but I'd love to know what you're drinking. And can you give us, going back to my theme today, Mimi, can you give us location, location, location of what you're drinking? Up to you. Go ahead. Absolutely, because, you know, since we have mobile as our topic, you know, there's no better place to do work than Cabo in Mexico watching the beach. So, <laughs> you know, I guess I can tell you that because, you know, I'm sitting here looking at the beach and the waves and drinking some really nice coffee strength from Mexico. But I will tell you, and it's lovely, but I have to say that I can't live without my Nespresso at home, and, mm-hmm. I, and I miss it. And the Prezio, which is the purple... Um, one is my favorite, and the only other coffee in this world, even when I go on vacation, um, the, the coffee to me that beats Nespresso is the Blue Bottle Coffee. So I don't know if anyone's been to the Blue Bottle Coffee Shops in the Bay Area, but they are amazing. So that's my, my coffee plug for today. <laughs> Thank you, Mimi. Thanks for sharing location. Location sounds like we're doing a show on real sure. here today. Con Ternelli, I'm going to ask you where you're calling from and what's in your cup today, Con. I'm calling from our um, uh, headquarters, uh, America's headquarters, Newtown Square, Pennsylvania. And mm-hmm. I want to start by saying that I'm trying what Howard was able to accomplish, but I'm not there yet. I'm a huge Starbucks fan. I know no surprise to you. Uh, a lot of our uh, previous callers uh, uh, claim mm-hmm. that. And right. I love my coffee in the mornings, uh, like uh, many of our listeners probably. It's a ritual for me. And so right now I'm having my usual a tall cup of Pike Place with one pack of sugar in the raw. And that's really the key, the, the latter part. Um, however, my story is about tea. A couple of years ago I had to stop caffeine intake temporarily for a procedure I need to have. So my mom suggested herbal tea. The problem was, and still is, that herbal tea doesn't taste like coffee and doesn't have any caffeine in it. And like you, I don't need the caffeine, but I I, I (laughs) crave for it. So anyway, needless to say, I wasn't too crazy about it first, but I gave it a shot, tried uh, chamomile tea, and I have to admit, I'm hooked on it. But only after I have my morning coffee. If it's a.m., nothing can compete with it. But if it's the p.m., tea is the king. 
I like that. Everybody now knows what drives Con Ternelli in the day. That's great. Thank you, Howard, Mimi, and Con for sharing your stories. Guess what? It's time for our break. We're right on time. You're listening to the latest live edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP. Those of you keeping track, this is episode number 131. I have to keep track because I'm the producer. We are live. It's Wednesday, April 23rd. Where is the year going? Our topic today, mobile BI. Location, location, location. I'm speaking with a very expert panel, Howard Dresner at Dresner Advisory Services, Mimi Spear at SAP and Contranelli at SAP. When we come back, we're going to dive into our 30-minute nonstop roundtable. I know my panelists are putting on their seatbelts and getting ready for a very interesting conversation. We're going to go all over the place on Mobile BI and give our listeners whatever they need to know about what you're missing if you're not doing it. If you're doing it, are you doing it right? And if you need to know how to put it together, you're going to get some interesting information. Don't even think of touching that mouse. That app, that dial will be right back after the break. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. Welcome back. I'm talking today about mobile BI, location, location, location. No, it's not a real estate ad. Speaking with Howard Dresner of Dresner Advisory Services, Mimi Spear, and Contranelli at SAP. We're going to kick off our 30-minute live roundtable right now with Howard Dresner. And, Howard, I want to go back to something I mentioned in the intro to the show. That's something from your research, I believe. You say mobile BI is quickly becoming mainstream with the majority, majority of organizations stating it is either, quote, unquote, critical or, quote, unquote, very important. Why don't you define this for us, Howard? When did you find this out? What are we talking about? Are they doing something about it? Are they thinking about it? Is it wishful thinking? (laughs) What's going on? Talk to me. Well, let's step back for a moment, right? So back in, uh, first of all, mobile business intelligence conceptually is not new. It's been around for, you know, for more than a decade. But uh, I think it was Con that mentioned earlier when you talk about the emergence of the iPhone and most notably the iPad, that was a catalyst which made it much more mainstream because executives got excited about tablets. And, in fact, executives have been the, the top constituency which have been driving mobile business intelligence, which is mm-hmm. a really good thing. And that's simply because uh, when you look at these new devices, specifically the iPhone and the tablets, whether it's Android or iOS, 
they're very usable, they're very human-centered, so they sort of work the way we expect them to work. And if you've ever seen a small child play with a tablet, they very quickly figure out how it works because it works like the real world. You actually use your fingers and interact with it. And so all of a sudden the technology became so much more approachable to these senior executives. And once they sort of got the sense of where this could add value, of course they want um, all of their staff and the folks below them to also have this advantage. So the primary target were executives, and executives embrace this and have already been getting a tremendous amount of value out of it, and it's been moving downward through the organization. So all of a sudden we're seeing a shift in terms of who's getting automated with mobile business intelligence. So it's moving down to the next level of management, it's moving down to line management, and we're even starting to see uh, the delivery of mobile business intelligence to customers and suppliers. But it's still really early days. So even though most organizations have delivered some mobile business intelligence within their organization, um, they haven't delivered it as broadly as we would like to see. Um, Having said that, the fact that they're getting their feet wet means that it's underway. And once it takes hold, uh, you really can't stop it because it's so empowering within the organization. So inevitably, uh, we're going to start to uh, enter this period of what I call information democracy, where everyone has access to the information they need to carry out the tasks associated with their role in the organization. And mobile is likely, certainly for a lot of folks, going to be the primary mechanism for delivering that. Okay, Howard, and I, I'm looking well, at Howard, a, a note. Oh, go ahead, Mimi. I think that's a really an interesting point. You know, I think um, what I'm seeing from kind of the technology side is that companies are also, so from our side, from SAP, we are taking a mobile-first approach to building um, mobile apps and, and mobile analytics, and I think that will also help to drive the adoption. And, you know, what I'm seeing is that customers who start a new project typically will start as a mobile project or will look into mobile, um, and then that almost takes off a little bit easier than customers who have been doing analytics for quite some time and needing to make that shift. Do you see that, or do you see people taking content, you know, that they already have and taking it mobile and then taking on new mobile projects? What would you say, you know, typically the balance you're seeing? Well, I I do think that there are different design principles associated with mobile delivery of business intelligence. And I have seen some organizations that try to take what's on the desktop and deliver it to a mobile device, and that fails inevitably. Mm -hmm. You really need to rethink how people use it. Do I see organizations starting to take a mobile-first approach? Yes, some of them certainly are. And there will be some organizations and some individuals that that's the only way they're going to consume information. And that's one of the questions that we actually ask. Almost all organizations believe that some percentage of their workforce will only consume business intelligence through a mobile device moving forward into the future. And I think it's actually going to be a more significant percentage than they're anticipating today for a lot of reasons. First of all, we all know how to use a mobile device. So you don't have to train people in the use of it because the design principles associated with an app uh, tend to be consistent across multiple applications. So people already know how to use this information. And the other thing that's worth uh, mentioning, and you, you know, when we talk about delivering mobile BI to these devices, um, it's much more task-oriented. You know, when you look at all of the apps that are on your device today, they're very task-oriented, and mobile business intelligence to be successful on these devices also has to be task-oriented, which is simply the way that we think and that we work. 
Con Trinelli, uh, I want, yes, I want you to jump in, Con. Go absolutely, ahead. Absolutely, and I, I want to jump jump in and go back to what Howard said, and and, and that's absolutely true about uh, mobile BI being around uh, uh, for a, for a while uh, before the iPhone era. So eight years ago, for example, um, when I joined SAP, uh, we were trying to deliver. Uh, on our Blackberries, uh, uh, especially optimized reports for those small screens. So, y- y- in one sense, you can consider that mobile BI. But if if you think about what mobile BI has evolved and what it's uh, going to be in the next decade, uh, it- it's a completely different uh, ball game. And-, and to give you an example, uh, if you think of the smartphone and tablet. Uh, we use them in our personal lives, and the experience is pretty much similar to if it's designed uh, properly. In the, it's, it's the same experience in the workplace. Uh, that wasn't necessarily the case when we had the Blackberries or the Pagers uh, or those old uh, uh, models of uh, uh, cell phones, and you would go home and you would do the PC, but it, it wasn't the same experience. It, you had this work application software that you would use at work, and then you would come home and use some, and then there there was few hybrids that with the advancement of the mobile devices, primarily iPhone obviously uh, drove this transition, uh, this whole thing changed. And I think that's what's causing the acceptance of these uh, uh, devices in the software. Howard, any comments back to Khan? No, I would absolutely agree. This is a fundamental mm-hmm. change. This is as big as, as really the Internet was. And as you mentioned earlier, you know, business intelligence is – the number three app after you do, you know, email and calendaring and scheduling. Unless it's a smaller organization, by the way, in smaller organizations, business intelligence is actually number two right after email. So I think this is absolutely transformational, and the evolution of the devices, to Khan's point, has helped a lot because these things are so much more usable. They're very visual. They're obviously um, much larger than they were, to, to your point, Con. It's a, not a lot you can do on a BlackBerry, you know, viewing a PDF file, right? I mean, it, yep. was, it, was, yep. uh, it was good enough for the time because it was nothing better. But when you have a nine-inch screen, that's a lot of real estate uh, to work with. And even the phones these days are, you know, a four-and-a-half or a five-inch form factor makes a huge difference. And there are fewer trade-offs that you have to make but you still have to be mindful of how the individual is going to use the device out in the real world. It's just fundamentally different. So I'm sitting down at a desktop now, and how I use business intelligence here is fundamentally different than the way I will use it when I'm out on the road and dealing with, you know, with clients and other um, folks. All good points. Mimi, you want to chime in on that before I take it to another uh, topic? You good? Sure. You know, the only thing I was going to say is that actually – it's interesting that it's the second or third, you know, most common use case. What I see for that is it's really an opportunity for companies to take the step into mobile in general and see how it works for the enterprise. Because, you know, if you can ask a question about your business and understand it immediately from anywhere, you know, it's a, it's a great step to then start to do business, you know, from anywhere. And so I think, you know, you know, we're talking generally about mobile and the enterprise, but I think the business intelligence aspect um, is going to be critical to embrace for people who have never used business intelligence before. So, you know, we've got a lot of people who pull up reports and get information, but I think the real opportunity here is for people who have never gotten to have that kind of information before, but now that it's available mobile, now that it's available on this kind of beautiful experience, 
it really enables executives, salespeople, you know, people out, you know, in, you know, out on the show floor, out in the plants, or out in the retail stores to actually use this information, get the answers they need, and and move on with their day. So. I just think that's really interesting is to extend out to all these new people whose um, business intelligence was, is something almost foreign to them until now. Thank you, Mimi. It's a brave new world. And, Mimi, I'm going to go to one of your talking points you sent me before the show, talking to the, the core of what is business intelligence versus how have people traditionally made decisions. And your comment to me in your notes was 90% of people are using quote-unquote gut feel to make decisions. How is Mobile BI changing that? Is there a, a quick paradigm shift? Is it a, a slow cultural change? Back, backing up to what you just talked about, Mimi, 90%, are they still going on gut feel in business decisions? Yeah, so so that's exactly, you know, the point is that most people do not have access to information in the moment they need it to make decisions. And, you know, I would say, Ninety percent is is about you know where it's been for quite a while, and it's probably shifting to more like eighty five. And I think slowly people are starting to embrace um, information more easily. And this mobile business intelligence is what's actually pushing that number um, and pushing the envelope. It's enabling new types of people with information. So you know it's a matter of adoption. And I think the key is to create the right experience so for every individual in the moment they need it. So, for example, you know, we haven't gotten specific, but it used to be re- business intelligence equals reporting or maybe even equal dashboards. And now we've got a lot different of an experience around self-service discovery tools that really allow you to just move with the information. So you've got the data you have access to. You've got these beautiful visualizations. And what we're finding is being able to just ask a question, get an answer, create the visualization that you need that speaks to you for your business. So for someone that's out, you know, fixing an airplane, a 3D visualization of the airplane is going to make a lot more sense than a bar chart. Or someone who's trying to identify within a construction site, you know, where the electricity did not, you know, connect is going to, you know, really need something very visual, like a 3D visualization of the, you know, the electricity ducts versus, you know, a bar or pie chart. So I think, you know, embracing these new visualizations, embracing this, you know, self-service discovery tool within mobile, I think is going to help move the needle from that 90% to enable all people to really embrace information. Thank you, Mimi. Great points. Howard Dresner, I bet you have something to say about that, about moving the needle. And visualization, talk to me about that. Does that figure into your research, Howard? Well, it certainly does, but let me just comment on on Mimi's Mm -hmm. uh, um, statements. Uh, Obviously, I, I agree with what you said. I think that mobility makes business intelligence much more approachable but much more immediate as well. So it does get to a whole set of constituents that heretofore either wouldn't have access or would have found it much more difficult to interact with the information. And as I mentioned earlier, when you have something that is very task-specific, where the the information has been organized in such a way that they can very easily access it and make sense of it and act upon it, it just broadens the number of folks that can uh, get value from this information in a way that we never could before, in the way that the, the web certainly could and desktop applications uh, never could. So I wholeheartedly agree. And as it relates to visualization, mm-hmm. um, 
without getting into advanced visualization of things of that sort, these interfaces are inherently visual. Um, they're, they're meant to be attractive. They're meant to be highly interactive in nature. And as a result, people very easily can, you know, uh, get their heads around how to work with them without a lot of training, which is, I think, the real key thing when you're looking at the design of mobile applications. And it's also worth noting, by the way, that a lot of organizations are, in fact, developing now themselves internally for mobile devices after a long hiatus of not doing a lot of internal development, but they are focusing on the mobile devices. And when you design, whether you're designing an application or whether you're configuring a business intelligence application for one of these devices, that's what you have to think about, how somebody could actually use this with, um, ideally with zero training. Mm-hmm. That would be the ideal, and that would be the elegant simplicity, I think, going back to Khan's quote from Da Vinci. Khan, speaking of you, thoughts on what we're talking about, this 90% gut feel transferring over to making business intelligence accessible and easy and visual. What are your thoughts? Uh, absolutely. So, um, you know, the, the uh, I, I don't want to call them excuses, but the hesitations or, or things that were explained that would lead uh, to the statistic that uh, Mimi was uh, Quoting, were content issues, I don't trust my data, usability, access, learning curve, etc., etc. So many of those with simplification and with the advancement of the mobile technology were able to take them off the table. Uh, so uh, when we talk about simple user interfaces, familiar uh, experiences on the mobile device, that sort of goes away. But uh, I want to go back uh, and talk about the data for a moment uh, because that doesn't change. The, the fundamentals of business intelligence has not cha- have not changed. Uh, we still want uh, the, the, the right info for the right role at the right time. So um, from our experience, we saw that as an opportunity. Uh, we saw and we still see wrong data as an opportunity. So what would happen in the past uh, when uh, meetings would take place, uh, numbers would be discussed. Uh, some people would argue, uh, dispute, etc. Now, with the mobile device being right there at the meeting, providing the users the real-time uh, information, uh, that conversation becomes more productive. And uh, the most important part about that whole experience is that if it's wrong, it exposes and it, it provides opportunities to improve it whether it's data quality, whether it's the definition, whatever that might be. So that's where I see the, the, the power of uh, mobile BI and how it could further push down that statistic uh, so that as, as users across the uh, organization embrace it, it provides additional opportunities internally, which then obviously translates to results externally. Thank you, Khan. I have been remiss, Howard Dresner. I have not mentioned yet on the show that apparently you coined the term business intelligence back in the day, if I could say that, 1989. I, I assume that Mimi, but I don't know if Khan was even alive then. That was, that goes back. Howard, Howard, what were you thinking? Were you, Howard, what were you thinking? What crossed your mind when you said, oh, this is business intelligence? What were you thinking? Let's anchor this whole conversation in, well, in the genesis of the term. Yeah, back then the, the dominant terms were decision support systems and executive information systems. And really the idea was to come up with something that was new and fresh and really was more descriptive as to what we were really trying to achieve. So it was really applying intelligence, if you will, derived from data to business problems, although of course it applies more broadly than, than business mm-hmm. or not-for-profits out there and other organizations that also get value from it. Uh, but it seemed to have a ring to it. and. 
you know, if we went back some 25 years ago, would we have, you know, knowing what we know now, would we have called it that? I don't know, but it's our lasting <laughs> legacy. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry about that, Con. I was just playing with you. Let's turn to Con for one of the talking points you sent me before the show. We're talking about using BI, getting it out there, making it valuable, making it where people can embrace it, and actually do something important and meaningful with it, a business meaning, or as Howard mentioned, maybe maybe in, in nonprofits. But I want to talk about the vision in the company that would make it possible. So let me quote something from Khan. I found this on one of your blogs, actually, at uh, the-decisionfactor.com, and it says, according to Contranelli, it all starts and ends with leadership that can pave the way for executing a BI vision, where technology becomes a conduit to delivering business growth and profitability through the talent and passion of our teams. Boy, is there a lot of meat on the bones of that. So let's just ex- let's just hone in, if you don't mind, Khan, and then we'll ask Mimi and Howard, of course, to chime in on executing the BI vision and who are the leaders, uh, according to the critical and very important we, that Howard mentioned in his research study, who are these leaders you see from your vantage point who actually get it, the ones who are going to put the muscle, the money, the passion behind making it happen? Who are they? Uh, absolutely, Bonnie. So executive sponsorship is critical for success with mobile BI initiatives. But you might say, well, what's, what's new about it? It's been the case pretty much for all technology projects since the beginning of time. But my question is more, is having an executive sponsor on paper enough? And obviously, what makes an ideal executive sponsor for mobile BI? If we accept that the technology has certain unique aspects that may not necessarily be true in other projects. Um, so the success of a mobile BI journey depends on the executive sponsorship more than any other. Uh, and what we want to look at is that we want an executive sponsor committed uh, to the initiative. Uh, again, that's nothing new. But he or she provides leadership, and that has a direct impact on the outcome, both uh, on the strategy as well as the adoption. So the ideal executive sponsor of a mobile BI initiative is a champion of the cause, an ardent mobile user, and the most active consumer of its asset. And I want to I expand on the last one, the most mm-hmm. active user. Um, you, you may ask, how does the executive champion uh, uh, the mobile BI initiative? First and foremost, he she leads by example. No more printing paper copies of reports or dashboards. This means that the executive is keen not only to consume the data on mobile devices, but also to apply the insight derived from these mobile assets to decisions that matter. Using the technology uh, obviously demonstrates firsthand the mobile mindset, and I talk about this quite a bit in my blogs, which sets an example for the rest of the direct reports and their teams. By recognizing this information available on these mobile BI assets as the single version of the truth, by the way, it's not dead yet, <laughs> the executive mm-hmm. provides a very clear and consistent message for everyone. Okay. Mimi, I know you have a point of view on the quote-unquote single version of truth versus real-time network of truth. You want to add to that, please? Sure. And, you know, I'll just um, emphasize what Khan said, which is it is critical for that executive. What's nice about mobile BI is it's the executives who typically want it first. And so you get that executive sponsorship because they're so excited to be able to see their business, you know, wherever they are and be able to, you know, as I often say, ask a question and get an answer, this is so new to them that this is something that helps them to 
uh, sponsor a, a project and then be able to ensure that more people in the organization, you know, get mobile BI and, and, and move that needle from the 90%. Regarding the single version of the truth, you know, things have changed a lot. And individuals, as they've embraced, and I really think mobile has a lot to do with this, as people have embraced their iPhones and have been independently getting information the moment they need it, whether it's a map, whether it's, you know, the best, you know, coffee shop or whatever it might be, they also want to embrace their business. And so many organizations are taking it upon themselves to start business intelligence projects and get information and deploy within their organization. But what's happening is that silos are forming across organizations. So, you know, a sales organization might say, I'm going to go get one of those self-service, you know, BI tools for my organization. But they've done this independent of the rest of the company, and they've created a silo. So they have their single version of the truth. And then another organization might do the same thing, and they've got their single version of the truth. And what's happening is you've got all these single versions of the truth all over the place. My perspective is that if you could do get that self-service independence for your organization, but do it in a way that the entire enterprise gets to... Um, you know, leverage the information that you have so you do it in an enterprise way where an organization might get data. They extend it out to the rest of their organizations, and so they might have a data set that they need information. I'll give you my one example. You know, mm-hmm. Sapphire is our, our big conference. I, as a marketing person, might need information about Sapphire, and I might need all the attendees at Sapphire. I need to understand, you know, who the titles are. I need to understand the sessions, the content, you know, and and constantly understand, you know, how we're doing as far as as sign-ups go. However, the other, the operations organization within the events team needs to know how much food to order. They need to know, you know, how many chairs they need. They need to know you know, how large the conference um, is going to be at the size of the, the room. So they are taking the same information, but they're asking different questions. I'm going to call that the network of truth or, or sharing of information where we're constantly all testing each other. We're all constantly leveraging information, questioning each other, kind of like Wikipedia versus the encyclopedia. And I think if we get away from silos, if we can all embrace information together, I think not only will we all be able to access and leverage each other's information, but I think we will test the information and have more accurate uh, information moving forward um, that's constantly, you know, being tested versus the encyclopedia version where you put out, a, a, you know, a data set and over time, it, it probably is is not accurate anymore. Does that make sense? It, it does to me. Howard, what do you think? Does that make sense? Well, it does make sense. I think that, you know, the whole notion of the single version of the truth is, is a little harder to achieve these days. I think that it's okay to have multiple versions of the truth as long as it's deliberate. But I, I do want to comment on something that Khan said in terms of uh, the executive sponsorship. And I, he, you sort of alluded to it, but really I like to term it as executive ownership, and you said lead by example, absolutely agree. You know, these uh, new initiatives catch on so much more quickly and give them a competitive differentiator uh, if the executives embrace it. And life is a push-down stack. So if everybody sees the executive using it and if they know the executive is going to come into a meeting armed with this information, 
um, all of their direct reports are going to insist, and I've seen this actually play out in organizations where they'll beat a path to the door of IT or whoever is driving this, you know, the mobile BI initiative to make sure that they have the applications because they don't want to walk into this information, uh, into these meetings without the benefit of the same information that their manager or the senior executives have. So if the senior executives um, can drive this within their own organizations and literally own it, the deployment and the you know the drive towards information democracy will go so much more smoothly. But Bonnie, this is Con. If yes. I could jump mm-hmm. in, that's an Please. excellent point uh, that Howard made, and and, and and Mimi actually talked about this. Uh, what we have seen in our experience and our uh, our primary customer base is the Salesforce. In the past, the meetings would take place, and when a number is in a quick question. Uh, you know, you would have different perspectives. But now our leaders, our senior management, when a question comes up about a specific number, let's just simplify it, a forecast for this quarter on this product, the executive pulls up his or her uh, uh, mobile device, clicks or taps on the report, looks at the number, he says, this is what I see online. It's $5 million, uh, or $100 million. And now, as Howard said, everybody's saying, okay, wait a second, you know, the, 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 the confusion is kind of gone. Maybe there is some behind the scenes, but that's the single the version of the truth we're talking about. And what mobile devices, mobile BI enables is that real-time uh, validation, whether or not that number is, is correct. As I said earlier, it's an opportunity. If that number is wrong, we can go back and, and make sure that it's right. But at least everyone is looking at the same report you know, as, as Howard said, probably from the device, and there's a, there's a possibility there may be a PC version or a browser version, but that's where the power is, that, that leadership taking the lead uh, and, and basically uh, uh, having everybody follow and, and, and obviously improve uh, not only our uh, information uh, delivery, but also information uh, uh, that we can use for actionable insight. Thank you, Khan. Guess what? We're going to go to our break right now. Give us a little extra time on the other side. We're going to talk when we come back about predictions. I'm going to be asking Howard Dresner, Mimi Spear, and Contranelli to look ahead to either the year 2019, five years from today, or if you love the idea that hindsight is 2020, it just so happens we have a year 2020 coming up in six years. OMG. Yes, we do. So if we looked ahead, what would you be saying? What do you think will happen in the intervening five or six years? to mobile BI? Will it be more pervasive? Will we be less impatient to have something come to us where we are and have it be the right information in the right format at the right time and place so we can be really, really smart? When we come back, we're going to find out what my panelists think is going to happen in the future. Go get your crystal ball out now, Howard, Mimi. Mimi, find a beautiful crystal ball in Cabo. There must be one on the beach. I'm sure (laughs) there's one on the beach. If not a magic lantern, I don't know, a lamp or something. And con wherever you can find it in Newtown Square. That's fine. We'll be right back after the break. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Brad out. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. It's time for our crystal ball predictions round. Let's kick this off with Howard Dresner, the Chief Research Officer, CRO at Dresner Advisory Services. Howard, I didn't ask you where you're calling from today. Where are you? Beautiful Nashua, New Hampshire. Oh, nice. I'm on Long Island. Is the sun shining there? Because it's kind of uh, iffy here. No, it's not. But the snow is finally gone. Well, it's sunny here because <laughs> you're on the show with us. Howard, I do know how busy you are, and we're, we're really delighted to have you back on the show. So thank you. So, Howard, crystal ball time. Let's take two and a half minutes. What do you see? Are you going for 2019, 2020, or some other year? Well, you know, 2020 is, is pretty far away. I try to limit my predictions to a year out. <laughs> I forgot I was talking to the one who does a study every year. So what would you be talking about in 2015? Let's customize it for you. Go ahead, Howard. Well, 2015, we're certainly still going to be talking about mobile business intelligence. It's not going to go away. But I do think that, especially when you look at generational change, which I find especially interesting. If you, uh, you know, when, I, when I'm out there in the real world traveling around, you see so many young people that are using mobile devices, and it's so natural. I mean, I watch my own kids, right? It's so natural for them to use these things that in the future, I don't think that we necessarily have business people using desktops. Maybe some roles will, right, because all things persist forever. There are probably still IBM 3270 terminals out there, maybe just emulators, right, but the apps are still out there because the IBM mainframes never went away. So it's just a question of what's ascending and what's descending. Everything coexists for a period of time. So mobile is clearly ascending. Uh, when you look at the billions of devices that are out there, and many of them are smartphones, uh, with the generational change with people with these things are just an extension of self. You know, when you look at how they use these things, uh, it's, you know, there won't be a need for desktops or laptops. And the notion of mobile business intelligence, certainly by 2015, it'll still be a, an application that you use. I think there'll be more people using it. I think there'll be more people using it exclusively within the organization. But if I were to take a gander at where we'll be in, you know, five or six years, I think it's going to become such an integral part of what we do that we're not even going to know that we're using business intelligence. The applications are going to get much more sophisticated. We're going to go, you know, beyond the descriptive and predictive to prescriptive, where maybe it's telling us what we ought to do. And you see some of those apps out there now, like Google Now, where it's 
literally saying, uh, you're supposed to be at the airport in an hour. You might want to get underway given the traffic on the interstate. All right, so I think that the experience of this intelligence and mobile devices is going to become uh, much more simplistic, or back to the quote earlier, right, the you know, sophistication uh, through simplicity will become far more obvious in the apps. Thank you very much, Howard. A lot to get our arms around here. Good predictions. Mimi Spear from Cabo. Let's talk about it. Can you see clearly from the beach? I know you can see clearly more than we can here in the Northeast. So how blue are the skies, Mimi? What's going to happen? you want to go five or six years or you want to join Howard on the 2015 landscape? What's your pleasure? Yeah, I'll do, I'll kind of t- take you on a journey. So I think that, you know, Howard, similar to, it's interesting that you say that. I think Business intelligence is really starting, it's already happening, to be weaved into all other applications, even predictive capabilities and other things like that. So I think uh, Howard is exactly right in the sense that, and not surprising, of course, as being an analyst and researching this, you know, I see the same thing. I think that people will interact with their business on whatever device they have. So it, it might be a tablet at one moment, but it might be a wearable. It might be, you know, um, a machine. It might be, you know, something else. But wherever they will be, they will interact with their app that will do more than just business intelligence. And what I think is going to be interesting as we go through the journey is I think our world or our apps will go to whatever device we're at. So we can log into, you know, our kind of virtual world on almost any device. And that's where I see the 2020 is that we will have a world that kind of moves from our car to our phone to our watch um, and that we can get information in any time. And business intelligence will be part of that and will be and will look very different because it will have a picture. It will have that 3D you know, visualization. It will give us the answers. It will predict what we need to know. So that's where I see, you know, the world of business intelligence going. And I think the start of mobile in general for the enterprise is with business intelligence. So I love to be part of this um, journey. <laughs> Thanks for Thank having you. me on, Bonnie. Oh, Mimi, delighted. Mimi, do you see millennials as drivers of this, visualization, impatience, wanting it when they want it, where they want it? Part of we, we talk about millennials very often on many of our themed shows on SAP Radio. What do you see? Are they, are they an integral part of this movement? Absolutely. I think they are an absolute integral part. I think there's a couple things driving um, this, the change. You know, we've talked about simplicity. I think that enterprises see the millennials coming they have technology that they've never had access to before. I mean, real-time mm-hmm. computing, the cloud, all of this data, all this social media information, they have consumer information like never before. All of this information and all of this technology and millennials embracing mobile, all three of those take us to a place where there is, you know, a tipping point and a need for, um, for change. And so I think the combination of that together it will drive the future and how we, we do business. Thank you, Mimi, very much. Let's turn to Khan Ternali. Khan, I know you've been enjoying yourself. I can hear you smiling. So are you ready to give me some predictions? And what year are you going to target, Khan? Okay. I want to I wanna start by agreeing with Howard uh, that I think in time um, the mobile will be assumed uh, 
um, as part of the business intelligence offering. So right now we talk about traditional business intelligence solutions, and then we talk about uh, the mobile component or the mobile BI. However, I, I, I think that it may take a while uh, for that to uh, truly happen. I uh, want to go back to what you have brought up, both with millennials and the patience factor. Uh, the patience factor is, is, is a concept that I talk about a lot in my blogs. Our perceptions are largely influenced by our daily uh, and sometimes less complicated experiences with our mobile devices. So if you think about, uh, so for example, the way my wife consumes uh, the apps on her device is very much different than mine. And so if, if all we're doing is uh, instant messaging and maybe some browsing and quick email, we want that instant graphic gratification. And, and what, we're, what we're seeing in mobile BI is a trend toward that. And so if you think about uh, not only the uh, beautiful visualizations and uh, the insight we can get from those apps, but also um, uh, in-memory computing, for example, which allows real-time insight into data. Uh, you're talking about that instant uh, uh, result set that needs to appear on your device. Well, the problem when mobile BI started to take uh, uh, speed uh, that the traditional platforms were not um, um, uh, designed for that, and that's changing. And so I see that in the future, uh, the, the lines that separate mobile BI from traditional BI completely erased, and, and we see more and more uh, uh, embracement of the mobile as the default. So we, we call it SAP. Mobile is the new desktop, and I certainly mm-hmm. see that happening in the future. Okay, thank you very much. I'm going to go back to Howard Circle back just quickly. Howard, I introduced the term millennial to Mimi. Do you think millennials are going to be the drivers of this or the, the massive, passionate consumers of this? Oh, absolutely. We already see it where these become increasingly their dominant uh, devices. And I, I, um, those of us that are old enough, you remember the introduction of the PC back in the day and the, uh, the, the gray-haired executives back then would have a PC in their office, but it would never be turned on unless there was somebody they wanted to impress to show Press. how avant-garde they were. And you would, you would find the C-prompt burned into the screen because that's really the only, uh, only thing that ever ran there, right? It was just the operating system. And it took generational change yes. before executives were actually using computers. What executive doesn't use a computer these days? They, they all right. do. It's nature natural. Same thing with business intelligence. It took a while before folks uh, started to get comfortable with using business intelligence applications, and they learned the new generation learned about it in school and in business school, and now it's simply an extension of what they do within their everyday business lives. And mobility, once again, generational change. Millennials will absolutely drive this within organizations. It's going to be their preferred, not just device, but the preferred paradigm for working with information. Thank you, Howard. By the way, a quick historical note. I was climbing on a step stool to load disk packs into a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 back in the late 1970s and keep punching on cards. Don't even talk to me about it. Yes, that's why I thought Con might not have been born back then. Shout out, Howard Dre- I was born. <laughs> I don't know about that. Howard Dressner, wonderful to speak with you again. Thanks for your wisdom. The same to Mimi Spear. Mimi, thanks for giving up some vacation time from Cabo to join us. Very appreciated. Contornelli, a pleasure to meet you, and thanks for your energy and your passion. Shout-outs to Jason Gross, who worked so hard to put this panel together. Jason, we really appreciate it. Malcolm, Kimberlin, and Brad, and the Business Channel team. And thank you to our tweeters today. Bill Newman, such a fan of the show, and he's been on many times. And Karen Geraldo in Canada, thank you so much. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Here's your call to action. 
fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great one. We'll see you here tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday, Future of Business with Game Changers, 7 a.m. Pacific. Monday, Financial Excellence with Game Changers. Tuesday, HR Trends. And Wednesday, we'll be back here with Coffee Break. I said it. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.